0: Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Rene Descartes, Meditations on First Philosophy. Meditation 3. Of God, that he exists. Part 4. On this account, I am here desirous to inquire further whether I, who possessed this idea of God, could exist supposing there were no God. And I ask, from whom could I, in that case, derive my existence? Perhaps from myself, or from my parents, or from some other causes less perfect than God. For anything more perfect or even equal to God cannot be thought or imagined. But if I were independent of every other existence, and were myself the author of my being, I should doubt of nothing. I should desire nothing. and in fine, no perfection would be a wanting to me, for I should have bestowed upon myself every perfection of which I possessed the idea, and I should thus be God. And it must not be imagined that what is now wanting to me is perhaps of more difficult acquisition than that of which I am already possessed. For, on the contrary, it is quite manifest that it was a matter of much higher difficulty that I, a thinking being, should arise from nothing than it would be for me to acquire the knowledge of many things of which I am ignorant, and which are merely the accidents of a thinking substance. And certainly, if I possessed of myself the greater perfection of which I have now spoken, in other words, If I were the author of my own existence, I would not at least have denied to myself things that may be more easily obtained as that infinite variety of knowledge of which I am at present destitute. I could not, indeed, have denied to myself any property which I perceive is contained in the idea of God, because there is none of these that seems to me to be more difficult to make or acquire." And if there were any that should happen to be more difficult to acquire, they would certainly appear so to me, supposing that I myself were the source of the other things I possess, because I should discover in them a limit to my power. And though I were to suppose that I always was as I am now, I should not, on this ground, escape the force of these reasonings, since it would not allow, even on this supposition, That no author of my existence needed to be sought after. For the whole time of my life be divided into an infinity of parts, each of which is in no way dependent on any other. And, accordingly, because I was in existence a short time ago, it does not follow that I must now exist, unless in this moment some cause create me anew, as it were, that is, conserve me. In truth... It is perfectly clear and evident to all who will attentively consider the nature of duration that the conservation of a substance in each moment of its duration requires the same power and act that would be necessary to create it, supposing it were not yet in existence, so that it is manifestly a dictate of the natural light that conservation and creation differ merely in respect of our mode of thinking and not in reality. All that is here required, therefore, is that I interrogate myself to discover whether I possess any power by means of which I can bring it about that I, who now am, shall exist a moment afterward. For, since I am merely a thinking thing, or since, at least, the precise question, in the meantime, is only of that part of myself, If such a power resided in me, I should without doubt be conscious of it, but I am conscious of no such power, and thereby I manifestly know that I am dependent upon some being different from myself. But perhaps the being upon whom I am dependent is not God, and I have been produced either by my parents or by some causes less perfect than deity. This cannot be. For, as I before said, it is perfectly evident that there must at least be as much reality in the cause as in its effect. And accordingly, since I am a thinking thing, and possess in myself an idea of God, whatever in the end be the cause of my existence, it must of necessity be admitted that it is likewise a thinking being, and that it possesses in itself the idea and all the perfections I attribute To deity. Then it may again be inquired whether this cause owes its origin and existence to itself or to some other cause. For if it be self existent, it follows, from what I have before laid down, that this cause is God. For since it possesses the perfection of self existence, it must likewise, without doubt, have the power of actually possessing every perfection of which it has the idea. In other words, all the perfections I conceive to belong to God. But if it owe its existence to another cause than itself, we demand again, for a similar reason, whether this second cause exists of itself or through some other, until, from stage to stage, we at length arrive at an ultimate cause, which will be God. And it is quite manifest that in this manner there can be no infinite regress of causes, seeing that the question raised respects not so much the cause which once produced me as that by which I am at this present moment conserved. Nor can it be supposed that several causes concurred in my production, and that from one I received the idea of one of the perfections I attribute to deity, and from another the idea of some other and thus that all those perfections are indeed found somewhere in the universe, but do not all exist together in a single being who is God. For, on the contrary, the unity, the simplicity, or inseparability of all the properties of deity, is one of the chief perfections I conceive him to possess." and the idea of this unity of all the perfections of deity could certainly not be put into my mind by any cause from which I did not likewise receive the ideas of all the other perfections. For no power could enable me to embrace them in an inseparable unity, without at the same time giving me the knowledge of what they were and of their existence in a particular mode. Finally, with regard to my parents from whom it appears I sprung, Although all that I believed respecting them be true, it does not nevertheless follow that I am conserved by them, or even that I was produced by them, in so far as I am a thinking being. All that, at the most, they contributed to my origin was the giving of certain dispositions, modifications, to the matter in which I have hitherto judged that I or my mind which is what alone I now consider to be myself, is enclosed. And thus there can here be no difficulty with respect to them, and it is absolutely necessary to conclude from this alone that I am, and possess the idea of a being absolutely perfect, that is, of God, that his existence is most clearly demonstrated. There remains only the inquiry as to the way in which I received this idea from God, for I have not drawn it from the senses, nor is it even presented to me unexpectedly, as is usual with the ideas of sensible objects, when these are presented or appear to be presented to the external organs of the senses. It is not even a pure production or fiction of my mind, for it is not in my power to take from or add to it, and consequently there but remains the alternative that it is innate in the same way as is the idea of myself. And, in truth, it is not to be wondered at that God, at my creation, implanted this idea in me, that it might serve, as it were, for the mark of the workman impressed on his work. And it is not also necessary that the mark should be something different from the work itself. But considering only that God is my creator, It is highly probable that he in some way fashioned me after his own image and likeness, and that I perceive this likeness, in which is contained the idea of God, by the same faculty by which I apprehend myself. In other words, when I make myself the object of reflection, I not only find that I am an incomplete, imperfect, and dependent being, and one who unceasingly aspires after something better and greater than he is, But at the same time, I am assured likewise, that he upon whom I am dependent possesses in himself all the goods after which I aspire, and the ideas of which I find in my mind, and that, not merely indefinitely and potentially, but infinitely and actually, and that he is thus God. And the whole force of the argument of which I have here availed myself to establish the existence of God consists in this, that I perceive I could not possibly be of such a nature as I am, and yet have in my mind the idea of a God, if God did not in reality exist. This same God, I say, whose idea is in my mind, That is, a being who possesses all those lofty perfections, of which the mind may have some slight conception, without, however, being able fully to comprehend them, and who is wholly superior to all defect, and has nothing that marks imperfection, whence it is sufficiently manifest that he cannot be a deceiver, since it is a dictate of the natural light that all fraud and deception spring from some defect." But before I examine this with more attention, and pass on to the consideration of other truths that may be evolved out of it, I think it proper to remain here for some time in the contemplation of God Himself, that I may ponder at leisure His marvelous attributes, and behold, admire, and adore the beauty of this light so unspeakably great, as far at least as the strength of my mind which is to some degree dazzled by the sight, will permit. For just as we learn by faith that the supreme felicity of another life consists in the contemplation of the divine majesty alone, so even now we learn from experience that a like meditation, though incomparably less perfect, is the source of the highest satisfaction of which we are susceptible in this life. We come round right.